The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. All right, you entrepreneurs out there, we are ready to make a change in your life and business today. Okay, honestly, what stops you, if anything does? from achieving your best, from putting your best foot forward out there and marketing and branding your business to within your best possible expertise. Because I don't think you're doing that. I really know of all the entrepreneurs I've ever met in the world, in my 10 years of coaching and broadcasting and writing, maybe a handful are out there putting their best foot forward most of the time and doing all that they can for their business. So that's what we're going to talk today about today because you know what? It's usually that, that brain clutter or brain junk, as our guest calls it. That, that really gets in the way and it stops entrepreneurs from doing everything they can to grow in their business from from believing in themselves enough and so we're going to talk about how to how to get that brain junk out of the way today and develop a a business plan or an idea that lights a fire in your belly and we're going to talk about packaging your sweet spot into a brand doesn't that sound cool our guest today is susan Berencini Mo and Susan is a business and marketing strategist who consults with companies to help them gain visibility, improve the way their businesses are run, and train their staff to implement key marketing strategies. And many of you out there will be saying, well, gosh, that would be nice if I had a staff. But you know what? If you're doing it right, you've got people supporting you, you've got people around you, and you've got to be able to articulate your needs very, very well. Even if you use interns, you've got to know your brand, you've got to know what you're putting out there, and you've got to know what you need from the people who support you. Susan is a veteran of the web industry and leverages her unique fusion of business and technological knowledge and her expertise in the personal growth industry, because you see she has a master's degree in social social psychology. Sorry, I'm stumbling over these words today. And her incredible brainstorming capabilities to transform businesses around the globe. And you know what? She's been doing that for 15 years. Susan has also shared the stage with business giants like Michael E. Gerber, Larry Wingett, Bob Berg, David Meerman Scott, Chris Brogan, and other businesses and marketing best-selling authors and celebrities entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and she is a current Guinness World Record holder. And so I'm excited to learn more about that. How about you? I'd very much like to welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, Susan Berencini-Mo. Hello, Susan. 
Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'm excited to have you here, Susan. I've been enjoying your new book, Business in Blue Jeans, and uh, just just really loving going through that. So, so thanks for sharing that with me. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> so, Susan, first, tell us a little bit about you. You know, well, I'm I'm really eager to get around to this Guinness World Record holder stuff. Um, <laughs> but tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background. Where Where do you hail from, and and how in the world did you get into this fabulous business we're in? Uh, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I got into this business. Um, I don't know how. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I started out. I, you no, know, I'm kidding. I, 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 my major in graduate school was social psychology, and originally I thought I would study criminals. But then I realized that criminals weren't. They were interesting, of course, but they weren't as much fun as just average ordinary people. And who knew, right? But but that's what really fascinated me. And um, one of the ways that I paid for my way through through graduate school was I became really savvy about technology and the web, which was new at the time, which makes me sound super old, but um, I, uh, I did a lot of teaching at the University of Iowa, and I, did, I, I held courses to teach faculty and staff and students how to use this new thing called the Internet. So I helped the faculty get their courses online, and I helped a bunch of different people set up courses for or, or, uh, websites for departments, and, and then uh, I got recruited out of the university to work for magazine publishers and help them transform their printed stuff into web material. And then um, I got kind of a, a slap in the face from life, and life said, hey, we're going to slow you down, and it, I got carpal tunnel. And I had to decide what I was going to do with my life. And um, it was either continue doing what I was doing and, and have to have surgery, which I'm not a big fan of, or kind of go back and, and pick up my social psychology roots and get some training. So I became a life coach, which back then nobody was a life coach. And you would say, I'm a coach. And people would say, oh, for what team? And <laughs> right, um, I get that I, still. <laughs> and I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset and, and at the heart of an entrepreneur. And business has always been very close to my heart. So I've always studied business and entrepreneurship. Uh, and, and I found that most of the people who were coming to me for coaching were business people and, and entrepreneurs. And so they kind of, they would ask me a lot of questions that would require me to step outside that coaching space and into a consulting space and where I would actually tell them what to do. And I realized I like telling people what to do a lot more than, than you know, asking leading questions to get. I mean, there, there's a place for coaching, but I just happen to be really bossy. So <laughs> I like telling people what to do. So I, I really uh, now do a fusion of coaching and consulting, um, more consulting when I work with corporate clients, but, but now I work for both um, uh, small micro entrepreneurs and small business owners and people who are leaving the corporate world, and I also work with uh, with corporations to help them use uh, content marketing and improve productivity and employee engagement. Wow, that's a lot, and and it's funny because I think that our backgrounds are so similar. We're going to have to connect off the show. <laughs> Oh, I'd look forward to it. Absolutely. We can I'm have virtual coffee. <laughs> yeah, a virtual coffee. Actually, I have a daughter right there in Indianapolis. So, yeah, oh, your neighbors okay. with my daughter. Yeah, we definitely have to have virtual coffee now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Susan, as I said, I'm enjoying your book, and, and uh, I'm really enjoying it because a lot of times I get books where I just don't really agree with the philosophy, you know, or, or what they're saying so much. And, and I'm, I'm right on the same 
same page as you are in, in terms of the way that I coach and the things that I tell people to. And I know you love engaging in the mindset issues, which mm-hmm. I do too. And so I thought that we'd talk a little bit about that brain junk and maybe compare some notes and what we see in these fabulously brilliant entrepreneurs who come to us and who are just stuck in, in their own way. Tell me what, what your thoughts are behind you know some of the most common stuck points that you see and how people get themselves into that position and the result of getting themselves into that position. Right. Well, brain junk to me is, is almost the, the, the beginning. It's like the first step. And it's one of the most important steps because if you don't resolve the brain junk, it's going to affect everything you do from that point forward. So if you don't deal with the brain junk, let's say, you know, I, I mean, I see entrepreneurs with all kinds of different brain junk. You know, maybe they are there. They think that there's a certain a limit to how much they could do or how big their business could grow or they, they limit themselves in terms of thinking, you know, well, I have this good idea, but I don't want it to get too big. Wait, why don't you want to get, why don't you want it to get too big? Oh, well, that was just, just a dream. I could never have a big company. Really? Why not? So, you know, it's, it's the thinking too small or, you know, having, you know, brain junk around money or um, thinking that it's a bad thing to be a dreamer or seeing people around you who are successful and thinking there's some, some, you know, undefined quality about them that you don't possess. And there, there are all kinds of brain pieces, uh, types of brain junk that, that people have. And I find that it comes partly from the way that you were brought up, partly from the experiences you've had. So if you've tried and failed and you haven't dealt with the feelings that came around that failure, then uh, that can affect you as well. And, and I think that's one difference between people who aren't successful and people who are wildly successful is that the, everybody fails. We've all failed horribly, mm-hmm. some of us. And, and yet uh, the difference between a really successful person and a person who's not successful is that the person who's wildly successful has failed just as many times or more than the other person, but they have dealt with the brain junk, they've handled it, and they've woken up, gotten back on the horse, and trotted off into the sunset. So it's really about managing it and, and dealing with it and making sure it's gotten off the plate and, and, and that you've, you've gotten it sort of clean, cleaned up the junk and thrown it out so that you can move mm-hmm. on and, and think big. Yeah, and you have some strategies for dealing with the brain junk. I have to tell you, I, um, I'm a, a member of a number of groups on LinkedIn, of course, but I love this one group. And one of the questions somebody put out there is, is, is when you get in your own way, uh, what, what do you do to get around that? How do you get unstuck? And I was, frankly, really disappointed at the majority of the answers because everybody just used like sheer willpower, right? But you and I know that there's a physiological impact of having trauma, small and large, in our lives and that this trauma becomes embedded. And sometimes you can't just use that willpower, right? Right. It's true. Yeah. Sometimes you can't will it away. Yeah, you can't just tell yourself necessarily all the times that times are tough and, and you can get beyond this if you just do A, B, and C because people truly do get stuck. And we've got about a minute before we go and break on to break. But uh, when we come back, I'd love to discuss that, some of the, the great uh, insights that you have in your book, Business in Blue Jeans, and how to get beyond the, the stuckedness and, and the brain junk. And again, we're here 
Start Today with Susan Berencini Mo, and you can actually download a free chapter of her book if you go to businessinbluejeans.com slash chapter and the number one, businessinbluejeans.com slash chapter one. And you'll really enjoy reading this book. Chris Brogan, uh, the president of Human Business Works and co-author of The Impact okay, uh, Equation, says that Business in Blue Jeans is a strong book of advice for people seeking to find their own way to do business. It's filled with bravery and a lot of opportunities to bring yourself up to a new level. So it's definitely a must read. So check that out. And make sure too to go on over to inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco and check out my interview with Susan because there's more great information there and we'll be right back after this break. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Tune in to the Travel Chick Show with Bonnie Kitohata. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions. From organized professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo, by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse, you'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes, and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Bonnie Kitohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready for Wise Up Radio, leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence and how to create your life as a living legacy where the legacy you leave is the life you live. As thought leaders, you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change. For more on Donna, check out her website, GameChangerThinking.com. Then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on Wise Up Radio with Donna Kimbrand, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. 
here today with Susan Berencini Mo, and she is the author of Business in Blue Jeans, How to Have a Successful Business on Your Own Terms in Your Own Style. I love that. And Susan, going into break, we were talking about methods to rid yourself of the brain junk. But before we go on to some more strategic stuff, I'd like to, as you say, start at the beginning. So share some of those with us, if you will. Well, I think one of the things that uh, we forget is how successful we've been in the past. And when when brain junk starts to come up for us, we forget all the things we've done in the past that were awesome. So I like to have my clients come up with what I call an inventory of success. And it's basically a place where they curate all the achievements they've had in their lifetime. And you just list all the awesome stuff you've done. And I actually, I keep mine in an online document that I can add to all the time, but I started back as as early as five years old, and I included even silly things, like I won a pumpkin carving contest. Like, I included silly things because, you know, it would make me laugh later, but also, you know, anything that I could think of that, that might be, a good accomplishment, and even things that were good ideas that I came up with that maybe a client didn't use, or you know that doesn't mean it wasn't a good idea. You know, like mm-hmm. there there are accomplishments that we don't often recognize as accomplishments. So I think it's important to kind of keep a, a, a list of all those things and keep it running because then when you're feeling like I'm a huge failure, then you can go back and you can look at that list and and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look, I'm not. I've done great things. Yeah, I think that's such a great idea, Susan. And I would even add to that, you know, I I coach so many women who come into their sessions and say, I don't feel like I've achieved a thing since I last spoke to you. And I'll say, okay, well, let's make a list. What's what's been going on? And then and we make this list together and I shoot it back to them in email and they're like, holy Moses, I'm amazing. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my goodness. So so yeah, I love those kinds of lists and I and I think they're very important to go back and to take credit for them. A lot of people, women in particular, I find, won't embrace their success. They can see the success, but then they say, Well, it was just luck or well, you know, I just kind of stumbled into that, or well, it wasn't that significant. And that can add to the brain junk. It can. And you know, I'll tell you something else. I think there are other ways in which we we have success, but we don't recognize it. Like like if you go out on a limb for something, or you put yourself out there for something, um, it's it's a success. That's taking a risk. And when you take a risk and you put yourself out there like that, whether it comes comes through or not, you've just done something really cool. So yeah. for example, I, I say in the book, I've I've asked uh, Seth Godin to let me interview him about half a dozen times and he turns me down every time and he's very nice and you know he's very succinct and he always tells me why and he's very polite but um i one day i'm sure he'll say yes one day (laughs) but (laughs) you um, get an answer from seth godin whether it's yes or no i think that's huge success (laughs) that's true that's true but i i actually the success the, the thing i consider the success is my persistence yeah. And then I keep going. And, and it's not, I'm not setting myself up for failure by doing that. In fact, if I ever have a big project where I'm going to be contacting a lot of people, I contact him first because I know that, that the first rejection, the first no is always the hardest. So I always contact him first because, A, there's a chance he might say yes that time. It could happen. And <laughs> the second thing is that um, I figure if I get that one no out of the way, then all the other no's down the road aren't going to hurt at all. And every time you do something big, there's always a lot of no's. Like this Guinness World Record event that I did, uh, I I had 33 speakers on the event, and and I had lots of no's from people that I wanted to participate. But after Seth said no, they didn't hurt. 
Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> brilliant. He's your no man. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as you've mentioned it, we have to we have to talk about that world record. Tell us what you did because it's really kind of insane and fun. <laughs> It, it is insane and fun, <laughs> it was, um, and and I didn't really have any. It didn't. It didn't really occur to me how insane and fun it was until it was over and it had happened. And and I think you know that's kind of how I do things. Is I just go and do crazy big things because I don't. You know, it's the one thing that I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk to my family about it or tell a bunch of people about it until I had the event planned and ready to go. Because sometimes people don't understand giant ideas, and so you have to protect yourself a little bit. But yeah, I did this event um, almost exactly a year ago now. Um, it was a, a big webcast. And it was 36 hours and 23 seconds, so we broke the record for the longest uninterrupted live webcast. And I still hold that record. And uh, in about, a, uh, I guess, but on the 28th, it'll be a year that I will have held that record, and I feel pretty pretty good about that. I'm afraid somebody's going to break it, and I'm going to have to go for 48 hours or something, which oh, would be no. maddening. But but we had 36, uh, 33 speakers, and uh, we had uh, seven sponsors and nine witnesses and a lot of moving parts because we did both an online component because it's a webcast, and then we also did an in-person event here in Indianapolis because the rules of Guinness require that if you're going to break a record, you have to do it in public so people can come and witness it. So. It was a really complicated event, but uh, good planning, good risk management, and it came off without a hitch. And, and yeah, talk about big ideas. That was just brilliant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. And so you were actually live for all that time. Me personally, no. Um, okay. What happened was uh, the, the, I read the rules really carefully, and I asked yeah. Guinness, do I need to be on the webcast the entire time? And they said, no, you, you're responsible for the 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 feed so i could pass the feed so i was there Mm. for all but two four-hour shifts i had two wonderful gentlemen who each took a four-hour shift so i could get some sleep but i did the emceeing for all of it except for those two shifts and i did three presentations seven interviews and a uh, two (sighs) live business makeovers and and panel discussion. So it was a it was a big event and quite exhausting, but but definitely worth it. I've I've I'm thrilled that we actually did it and sometimes can't believe it actually happened. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you were able to get sponsors for it and line up all those amazing, I'm sure, speakers. That's so much. That's wonderful. What an achievement. Congratulations. Thank you. The speakers I was very blessed with, um, Michael Gerber and Larry Wingish oh. both did keynotes and we had Bob Berg, uh, we had Chris Brogan, uh, David Meerman Scott, uh, John Michael Morgan, um, Scott Stratton. We, we had just an amazing list of people who were there and, and just, you know, speakers from all over the world and, and just, it was like a master class really mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was and really who great. were your sponsors? Let's give them a plug. <laughs> well, our, our primary sponsor was Bluehost, which is a perfect yeah. companion to business in blue jeans. <laughs> uh-huh, and of course, they host all my websites because they're great for WordPress. Uh, and then we had some smaller sponsors. We had Guayaki sent um, sent Gerba Mate, which is my favorite caffeine-related drink. And uh, so they sent me beverages. And, uh, of course, my company, Business in Blue Jeans, and our event planners. Uh, and uh, let's see who else. We, have, we had quite a few sponsors that uh, were smaller scale. And, um, but, but the big one was Bluehost, and they were, they were really great. Really great. Wonderful. Wow. That's amazing. Well, back to Brain Junk, because clearly you got your stuff out of the way before you did that. <laughs> so you're I don't know how to think this. small. 
Oh, there's one in the book I really liked because I'm always telling my clients, we, okay, we have to reframe that. You call yours positive equivalence. So talk to us about creating positive equivalence for our brain junk. Well, you know, I sort of think of this is, you're going to think this is nuts, but I, I don't know if other people remember this or not. But back when I was a kid, there was this uh, segment on Sesame Street where there were these two monsters and they would have like a, a word and one monster would have one letter and then the other monster would have like two more. So it would be like for the word hut, it would be like hut. Uh-huh. Hut. And they would move them closer together. And so I always think of that. And I actually have a blog post on my website where I've included the clip from YouTube. And um, I always think of it like that. You have these negative thoughts and, you know, like whatever they are, I tell my clients to basically write them down, log, keep a log for a couple of days, and then look at the list, look for patterns and themes, look for whatever is a recurring thing. What's the recurring voice that you hear in your head? And, and they're, they're, you know, sometimes people have tons of them. Sometimes it boils down to really just one major thought. But you look for those themes, and then for each of the themes, and each of the recurring thoughts you have, you come up with the positive equivalent. So maybe your, your thought is, um, I don't have what it takes to be successful. Well, the positive equivalent is, I'm learning some really important skills to become more successful. Mm-hmm. And so then what you do is you write all those down on, on like a three-by-five card and you keep it in your pocket. And then anytime you have one of those negative thoughts on the list, you look at that card and you find the, the positive equivalent and you sort of meditate on it a little bit. Over time, it's just like those two monsters where it starts out and it's a very slow process. You have the negative thought, you pull out your card, you look up the thing and it's what's the positive equivalent and you find it and then you think about it. And then the next time you have the negative thought and you find the card and you know where, where to look this time and you find the, the positive equivalent and you meditate on it. The next time, you may not even have to pull out the card. And then over time, it becomes um, almost reversed. So you don't have the neg- negative thought anymore. Now you just have the positive equivalent because you've trained your brain just to replace that. So it's a, a practice. It's something you must practice. And to really make a change in your brain, you have to do it consistently for at least 30 days. Right. Um, I actually think you have to do it for longer. This, is, this particular uh, exercise is something that really takes serious training for your brain to make that switch. And you'll find also that over time, some of these pieces of brain junk, even the ones that you think you've worked out, will come up again. So it's good to you know, kind of do a refresher and, and redo the exercise and, and retrain your brain again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those that's old, very those, important. Go old ahead. brain junk is almost impossible. Like it's sort of like um, it's like dust. You know, you eat dust and you think you've gotten it all, and then a week later, it's still there. You got to go back and get some more and clean it up yeah. again. And it's just it's just maintenance. Yeah, it is. It's you know, it's the different aspects that come to us and, and different aspects of the memories and the root cause that created the brain chuck in the first place. And when those different aspects, that when you're reminded of them, then it just comes back. So you, until you get all those aspects, which is a lot of dusting. <laughs> <laughs> I hate housework. Oh, I know, right? Well, I hate dusting. I'm, I'm really good mm-hmm. with the, the mopping and, and, and uh, you know, vacuuming. The dusting just, <laughs> in fact, my house is kind of minimalist because I don't like to pick up all the stuff in dust. So <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, and the mental dusting is all that much worse. So mm-hmm. We, Susan, are going into our second break already. I'm having so much fun. I can't believe it. 
and uh, it's going fast. So when we get back, I'd love to talk about another way to help kind of get rid of that brain junk, and that is by focusing on your expertise because too many entrepreneurs, as you say in your book, are are looking at the kitchen sink. They want to dump everything on, and they don't focus on their expertise. So when we come back from this break, we're going to chat about that. And again, check out businessandbluejeans.com slash chapter one for your free chapter. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. Having fun here this week, and next week there's going to be more of the same. I'm really looking forward to interviewing trainer Cliff Suttle. And Cliff and I are going to talk about how to position yourself as an expert by becoming an author, which is funny because Susan and I were just kind of chuckling about that during break. When I said that I need to get rid of my brain jack and get my book done. So so I'll be listening carefully to Cliff and all of his advice. And I hope that you'll all be here with us next week, too. So, Susan, going into break, we, we, uh, we're talking about, you know, getting rid of the kitchen sink, boy, and, and dumping all that I want to, I should stuff uh, in our businesses and, and really getting good at what we do by focusing on our expertise. Tell us more about that concept. Well, I think a, a really a, a business that has the, the potential for real success 
has really two things. And it's really where those two things meet that the point of success is. So it's the fire, which is loving what you do and loving what your business makes possible. And that way you have all the motivation and you actually enjoy what you're doing. And then it's also the expertise, what you're good at, and what you can really deliver consistently, consistently and reliably. And so I think where those two meet is kind of a really unique, special, sweet spot that if you've got both of those things, you have a much higher chance of being successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so important to have that um, that passion that drives you, whether it's exactly in what you do or the reason that you do it. And I call that the vision beyond the vision. Uh, we all have our different names for it. But I can say from all my years of coaching, I'm sure you would agree that the people who I see succeed are the ones that have that passion and that vision beyond the vision. If If they don't, they just burn out fast. Yeah, it's funny. I see people in in kind of two categories. Uh, you know, one is they're really passionate about something, but they're they're not necessarily really good at that thing. Right. And and so you can't really be super successful at something if you're not good at it. You don't have to be the best at it. You you know, you can always be a work in progress, but you do have to have some level of expertise to have a business in in something. Um, and then I also see people who are doing something because they're really good at it, but they they don't really love it. It doesn't excite them, and they're never particularly successful because they they don't get excited every day to, to do what they do. And there's no you can hear it in their voice. There's no excitement to it. So you have to have both. And um, you know there there are a lot of things that people run into when they're trying to find that thing that that they really want to do, and a lot of challenges. But once you hit on it, boy, you can really do a lot. Mm-hmm. And and in your book, you call that the sweet spot. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how we can really discover that sweet spot within ourselves. Well, I, you know, I think it's a little different for everyone, right? I mean, you know, there there are um, there are people who have found you know their life's path, and I always think that's so grandiose sounding and mm-hmm. fancy. But you know, or the, you know, your purpose, and and I'm not so sure that you have to find your life's purpose. You know, I, I think that you know some of, some of us know it early on. My husband is one of those people. He found his his purpose in life very early on and knew exactly what he was meant to do. And and I actually didn't find my purpose uh, until maybe you know. 15 years ago when I started doing what I do now. And, and I think that um, it's okay for you to find your path later in life. Uh, and, and it's okay, you know, if you don't know what that is, but you still have to have that sweet spot. But, but one way that I can tell you that, it, you know, it took me a long time to really find my sweet spot. And, and I think that one way that I can tell you I did it and that was really helpful for me and has been helpful for a lot of my clients is I, when I looked back over my life and I really, you know, did kind of a careful analysis of my lifetime, I looked for the things that I had enjoyed the most, and I looked at the things I'd had the most success in. Now, for me, that came in the form of writing, teaching, speaking, and really kind of leading my, my clients and, and leading people to do more and to do bigger things. And so I realized that that was really that, and, and I've always, my whole life since I think I was five years old and had a great Kool-Aid stand, I've always had a business, always. I can't even remember a time that I didn't. So... Those two things, when I realized those were the things that I loved and the things I was really good at, I thought, okay, that's what I should be doing. So the first thing I think anyone should do is really look back over your life. And, and, and I think that, that inventory that we talked about earlier is, is a good place to start. Once you've started making that inventory of success, you can look back and say, well, what are the things that I really enjoy? And, and where are the patterns and the themes and the trends that, that happen to show up in my life? 
Yeah. And then what are what are some of the things that we can do to begin to develop this this passion, this idea, uh, whether it's an idea we already have moving or an idea that, you know, is just kind of a little passionate spark in our heads uh, into a business? How how do we get that out of ourselves and, and take those steps or grow the business? Well, it's a process of of figuring out what you want your life to look at. So it's not just getting to know yourself, but also getting to know what you want for the future. And so, for example, I know that one of the things that's really important to me in my life is travel, because my husband is from another country, and he has family in two countries and friends in many. And I love cultures and languages and exposing myself to new places and things and people. So, you know, we love travel. And so I knew that when I created a business, the business model had to be something that would fit a lifestyle that I could travel the world. So, for example, this past uh, Christmas, we spent a month in Uruguay with his family down there, and I was able to work down there. Uh, I didn't work during Christmas, obviously, but there was a week when I went, I had an office down there, and I go to the office, and I work with my clients from there. And, you know, that's really what you have to figure out is, do I want to be stable in one place? Do I want to be able to travel? Do I want to work with people in person or on the phone? Or do I want to, you know, have a, a, a business where a lot of the income is passive income? You have to start thinking about the kinds of things that are important to you and what what things you want to be doing, and then you have to figure out how that can be turned into a profitable business model. Mm-hmm. And in our interview over at Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Baca, we have a link there to a, is it a worksheet that's, that's on your site that are going to help people to figure out the budget that they need to, to use or, or a projection, if I recall, of, the, uh, of how much money we need to live the lifestyle that we wish for. Is that right? Yeah, but you can only get the worksheet if you buy the book. Ah, <laughs> it's, it's, there, we have, there's a whole hidden section of the website that is in, full of tons of reader resources. There are worksheets for every chapter in the book. There are workbooks, I mean, for every chapter in the book. There are um, tools and resources and, and tools like that, that wide, wide budget planner that you were talking about. There are budgeting there are budgeting planners there for people to figure out you know, where their debts are and where their assets are right now because I think having a, a solid financial situation is important to, to being able to grow a successful business and sort of getting that under control. And, and there are lots and lots of resources at that website, plus there's a community. And, and I'm about to put up some bonus chapters that I couldn't fit into the book because, you know, publishers give you a number of words that you can use, and you can probably tell I'm kind of verbose. So I, I have some extra chapters that didn't make it into the book. <laughs> That's kind of like outtakes in a movie. I always sit through all the credits because I'm afraid that if I leave, then I won't see the outtakes that they may or may not play in the movie theater. So this is exciting yeah, but, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but these aren't these aren't the mistake chapters or anything. These right. are just the ones that I couldn't fit in. <laughs> I mean, Still I think really we can stuff. agree we can agree that chapters on sales and negotiation are pretty important, but but they they just weren't so important that they needed to be in this book. So yeah. they they get their own separate secret place. <laughs> kind of cool. So, you know, Business and Blue Jeans, tell us a little bit about how you came about that title and what it means to you, Susan. Well, you know, first of all, that is how I do business. I, I love being, I, I'm most at my most creative when I am in comfortable clothes, restrictive clothes, uh, uncomfortable clothes, suits, and, you know, all that stuff. Just 
I can't do it. And so I work best when I can just roll up my sleeves and get into the business and find out what's not working and figure out how to make it work better. And so that was the first piece of it. But then I realized that, so, so I do business in my blue jeans, right? But then I realized that there are some really important characteristics of just blue jeans and, and the fabric denim that I thought, you know, there's something here. And so it's not just about what you wear. It's really about the characteristics of denim and how that translates to your business. And the way that it translates to business is denim is, and, and jeans in general are, you know, we, ha- we all have that favorite pair of jeans that we love to wear because it makes us look like 10 pounds thinner and um, we can wear them anywhere and they're really comfortable and they fit perfectly and they make us look good. So, so you know, they're also very strong and strong. So, you know, that favorite pair of jeans tends to last a long time. I would say that's probably one of the garments that we can buy that lasts the longest. And so those are all qualities that we want in your business. We want them to be strong and durable and last, and we also want them to make you look good and to fit you and and to be suitable for you, and and we want you to feel good when you're in your business. So all of those things are kind of wrapped up in the philosophy of business in blue jeans. And it's also, I think, appealing to people in, in this economy, because I think in this economy we're seeing people who are saying, look, I've been going to the same corporate gig for years, and I've been wearing a suit, and I've been doing all the things I've been told I was supposed to do to keep my job and to you know keep getting my salary and and they just booted me out so now I'm at home in my blue jeans what do I do and what I'm finding is that when I do book signings people the people who are most attracted to the book are the people who are saying I just want some to create my own stability I don't want to be relying on someone else who may or may not keep me around in the future so I think that's a whole other component to it that I didn't actually anticipate in the beginning but that now I'm seeing is, is a very real uh, issue for people yeah, yes. I think there's something about authenticity, you know, that that, that title also lends its, its itself to. I think that entrepreneurs are becoming more and more aware of how important it is to be their authentic selves in their in their personal branding. And, uh, you know, if I like to wear blue jeans in, and do business, which I agree with, then that's important in my branding. It's important that casual presenting myself like that. I guess it's when I go out presenting myself as something I'm not by dressing up as a, in a suit feels really uncomfortable to me. But dressing up a nice pair of slacks or blue jeans feels really good to me. I'll tell you what, my life is great because every time I go out and do a corporate speaking gig, I get to wear blue jeans. I love it. <laughs> Don't get me okay, wrong, they're really that's... cute fashion jeans. I wear a nice top, you know, really cute shoes, but yep. I can be comfortable anywhere I go for business. <laughs> now we know the real reason you book, you wrote and named this book. <laughs> no one is surprised by this. <laughs> this is good. Oh, well, we are going into our final break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about branding and and really pick Susan's brain about branding because that's always fun and exciting. And again, don't forget to head on over and get your free chapter at businessandbluejeans.com slash chapter one, the number one, and to check out our interview over at Inc. We'll see you in a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. 
Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. It's time to devote time to yourself and strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for Bee Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Be by Design, How I Be is Up to Me, hosts lively discussions and interviews every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right here. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here with business consultant, coach, and author, Susan Bernsini-Mo. And Susan, going into break, we're talking about packaging that brand. And I love the way that you say in your book, there are two parts to packaging. Packaging the sweet spot between your fire and your expertise into a profitable business model and packaging your business into a standout brand so that you can increase visibility and attract the customers that want what your business has to offer and are willing to pay for it. And that's the big and are willing to pay for it. So (laughs) this is a whole long chapter in your book. So give us some highlights, will you? Well, uh, there's a reason that I have a section in that chapter called the weirdness. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say uh, packaging is one of the most difficult pieces of creating a successful business. It's the thing that clients have more trouble with than anything else and the thing that they need the most guidance with. And, the, and that's, that's really why we end up with people who are, have, have business models that don't make sense or don't make money. We have, uh, I guess, oh, that was a great pun. We, we have also, um, we have people who create br- uh, brands that don't attract the right audience and don't get the right clients in the door. Um, it's why people have terrible business names and, and really are creating businesses that aren't standing out. And, and the reason is that the packaging process, and, and, and when I say packaging, I do mean both putting your business in a profitable business model and creating a, a really solid brand that attracts the right people. Those two things require an inordinate amount of creativity as well as experience because sometimes you can't do it yourself because it's just – 
it's something that if you're too close to it, I think you just can't really do a good job of it. So, so it, it requires, um, and, and I've done the best that I can in terms of, you know, really, um, trying to recreate the experience of working with me in this book because I know that, you know, not everyone can afford my fees and, and, and not everyone has the time. And, and, you know, at this point, you know, the best thing I can do is, is kind of put it into this book. But, but the smartest thing that a person can do if they're going to do, you know, packaging of these two kinds is to start to really get to know who their target audience is and then to get to know those people extremely well. Because if you don't do that, everything else will fail. If you do that, you have a much greater chance of success. Mm. So I have a little exercise for just kind of launching the idea of developing uh, who your target audience is. How how do you help people develop that and and work that out? Well, I I think people don't realize that that's some of the, 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 the selection of your target market is choice. So mm-hmm. some of it has to do with who do you like working with and who do you like serving. So, for example, my husband is a musician. He's a drummer. And he loves other drummers. He just loves all, everything about drums, everything about drumming, and he loves other drummers. So creating a business to serve drummers was kind of an obvious fit. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not just who wants what you have to offer, but who do you want to serve? And, and once you know that, then you can start doing a little more analysis, like, like do they want what you have to offer, and, and can they afford to buy your products and services that you're creating, and, and are there enough of them out there to sustain you? So I think, I think it starts with you, and, and again, we always go back to that self-knowledge and knowing what's important to you and what you love, and then you can kind of go from there. Okay. And of course, I have to ask a question just out of curiosity. So what the heck kind of business serves drummers? <laughs> well, uh, my husband uh, has a company called Drum Max, and um, he builds custom drum kits. And in July, we are launching together. We run the business together. And in July, uh, we're launching uh, a, a drum accessory at this major uh, music manufacturer show in Nashville. So he's launching his first, you know, invention. So it's very exciting. And, and the way that you serve drummers is by knowing what they like, what they need. And, they, boy, they really love a cool accessory. Yeah, they, do. <laughs> they get so excited. <laughs> oh, well, that's brilliant. I'm sure he's quite passionate about his business and very lucky to have you to help. <laughs> well, it's convenient, right? But, you know, and, and the thing is that people who read the book will get to know Leo as well because I talk about him so much in the book because he's so much a part of my success. And I think that's really important, having a good relationship and, and, you know, whether you're married or not, you know, being in a solid, good relationship is so important to being successful. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. It can be to have that person who is, um, you know, really involved in your, really vested, I'll say, Mm -hmm. in your success. That's really important. Yeah. But you can still do it without that relationship. Oh, of course, of course. I'm just saying, like, if if I have to choose between a really solid, healthy relationship and a bad relationship, the bad relationship has so many distractions. And I've had clients who have had terrible relationships, and it's almost impossible for them to grow their business because they're so distracted by their personal lives. So I think having either, you know, not having, being single is fine, but, but not having all that turmoil is, is just, it's, it's a lot easier to be successful. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So tell us a few things that small businesses can do to differentiate themselves from their competition. 
Well, you know, there there are a lot of different things you can do. Uh, uh, first, you know, you can you can draw a line in the sand. Uh, you can you know basically take a stance on something, and that has pros and cons. You know, there the, some of the pros are you know if you stand up for what you believe in and and it makes sense to your brand to do so, then uh, sometimes that can that can have a little bit of a backfire. Uh, we see things like that with um, like for example you know there there are, there are sort of two sides of the coin, and this is not an ideological thing, but but if you look at Chick Fil A and Oreos, uh, Chick Fil A is a company that took a stance on on gay marriage, and um, they. You know, they were really taking a strong stance, and um, ultimately their stance was against gay marriage. And it was kind of on both sides of the controversy of that. You know, people were were, were really strongly opposed or really strongly for what they had to say. On the other side of that, Oreo uh, created a picture of, of a rainbow Oreo cookie in support of gay marriage. And so I think you know whatever the stances that you choose to take, uh, there there's going to be pros and cons. Um, I take a very strong stance against. Um, get-rich-quick gurus and some of the, nice. the people out there who don't really have the experience that they need to help you grow your business but are putting themselves out there like they can. And I find that enormously frustrated and uh, frustrating. And, and I think that, um, you know, that's something that I, I have a hard time I, – I have a hard time being quiet about it. So I, while I won't talk about religion or politics, I will talk about my, my feelings about you know, the cookie cutter gurus and the get rich quick scam artists and things like that. So you have to figure out what makes sense to your brand um, mm-hmm. and, and what makes sense for you as a person. What do you feel comfortable standing up for and, and know that there could be some, some kickback from it. But then the other thing is, you know, you have to be clear on, on your target market and what they want. And sometimes you can just differentiate yourself by doing such an amazing job serving that audience that you don't really need to do all that controversial stuff. So it's really, uh, it's really about what makes sense for your brand and how do you want to differentiate yourself. Yeah, and I certainly think that customer service is, you're right, you know, customer service is one way, uh, one aspect of what you said and how you serve that audience. Uh, that's getting more and more important today, and people are recognizing good customer service because I think that we've been lacking it uh, in general for so long <laughs> that, that that's certainly one way to differentiate yourself as well. Yeah. So you talk about building a community for support. Explain to us how people can go about building this community and, and how a community like that can help. Well, you know, I call it the village because I always think about that thing that they say, you you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And and I believe that wholeheartedly, uh, having watched it in practice in my husband's country of Uruguay. uh, You know, family is so important and sort of the extended family matters too. But but I believe that's important in business as well. And so I think there are four different kinds of, of people that you need in your village and the first one is mastermind groups and I don't mean that in the sort of uh, the way in which it has been appropriated and used in some of the uh, coaching circles Uh, mastermind is not something you pay for it's a group of people that are like-minded and maybe eight to ten people that are are coming together without a fee to connect and help each other and support each other whether it's for a specific goal or to promote a certain industry 
And, and then I think networking is important as long as you're doing it the right way and you're going into it providing value. And, and then I think there are, are really two other things that you should pay for, and one is the administrative support when you don't have time to do things or you're not very good at things, like web design, graphic design, virtual assisting kinds of tasks uh, that you can free yourself up so that you're not doing those things. And then I also think that advisory uh, help is important. So having mentors and coaches and consultants who can help guide your business uh, and, and so that you're not reinventing the wheel. So those all make up the village. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Can you speak a little bit to finding that mentor? Uh, people ask about that a lot. You know, how do I find a mentor? How do I find, you know, someone who will actually take time out of their life to help me? Well, I don't think, um, um, when I think of mentor, I've had a lot of different kinds of mentors. I have a number of informal mentors, is what I call them, uh, the ones that I don't pay, you know, and, and I go to them now and then with questions. But I don't, I don't, um, I'm, not, I'm not personally particularly interested in, in having a regular mentor that I check in with uh, that I'm not paying because I don't, I don't really know how that works and I don't, I don't know. But um, I do have also what I call formal mentors, and those are the people that I pay, like, like you know, I have a business coach that I pay, and, and, the, and that relationship, I, I feel, is a really strong value, so I can go to him and I can say, okay, here's what I'm doing, what do you think about this, or what about this idea, or you did this before, how did it work best, and having someone to guide me in that way, I find very useful, but I think that... Um, I always steer people away from if you get into a conversation with someone and they try to sell you too quickly or they tell you that you only have a certain amount of time to make a decision, that's different from saying, you know, my schedule is full and I can only, you know, I only have an opening right now. I may not when you come back. That's a little different than saying I'll give you until the end of today to decide if you right. want to hire me. Well, that's terrible. Don't go working with anyone like that. Yeah. Uh, if, they, if they won't give you references or if they won't take time out to talk to you, like I have a standard policy. We talked about virtual coffee earlier. I actually do have virtual coffees with people all the time. I have like seven of them this week because I like to get to know people, but also yeah. I need to know if a potential client is a good fit for me as well. I have to know in advance if I can help someone. Right. So I won't, even, I won't even sign on a client until we've had a conversation. So if you find people who aren't willing to do these things, they're probably not going to be the best, okay. uh, best fit or the most authentically helpful person. Yeah, and those are great words of wisdom to end the show with. I can't believe we're already there, but we are. Oh, no. <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for being on the Million Dollar Mindset. And again, everybody, you need to go to businessofbluejeans.com, get your free chapter, and uh, we'll see you here next week with Cliff Subtle. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if